Before COVID vaccines started rolling out last month, the federal government had set an ambitious goal to vaccinate 20 million Americans by the end of 2020. Our colleague Jared Hopkins has been following this effort. So this goal of getting 20 million people vaccinated by the end of 2020, how did it go? It didn't go well. They, they missed the mark, and they missed the mark by a lot. I mean, the federal government came nowhere close to hitting 20 million people being vaccinated. By the end of the year, the U.S. reported that it had only vaccinated 2.8 million people. Vaccine distribution has been slow and bumpy while cases and deaths are surging. In Florida, thousands of seniors lined up for their shot at the COVID vaccine, some waiting overnight. Nearly 2 million doses of the vaccine have been distributed here in California, but just 24% have been administered. There were a number of issues going on during this rollout. It's almost sort of the unperfect storm. It's not happening at the flip of a light switch. It's taking time. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, January 5th. Coming up on the show, why the U.S. missed its vaccination goal and what it could mean for the millions of Americans waiting to be vaccinated. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. The federal effort to vaccinate Americans is part of a larger operation called Operation Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed was set up in the spring with the idea of responding to the coronavirus with treatments and vaccines. And more than $10 billion has now been invested in developing, manufacturing, and eventually purchasing vaccine doses. Last month, the federal government started allocating those vaccine doses to states based on population. And then beyond that, then the state sort of decides really how it's going to look like. So the federal government was providing a playbook to the states that over the last couple of months provided some information about potential vaccines, about storage capabilities, just general ideas about what they should be keeping in mind. But they weren't rules. They weren't strictly enforced. The vaccine rollout is really this multi-arm sort of complicated beast where you've got dozens of different strategies depending on where you live and multiple different demographics of people getting the vaccines. It's sort of all over the gamut. In most states, the early phase of vaccine distribution has focused primarily on healthcare workers and residents of long-term care facilities, like nursing homes. 
Let's start by talking about the hospitals. How is it going in hospitals around the country? So generally speaking, hospitals are administering these vaccines to doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers, and it's happening at sort of a, at a steady rate. But it's going a little bit slower than maybe some people had expected because hospitals are taking a deliberate approach. First of all, people are taking precautions to administer these vaccines. They're doing them in a socially distant way. The other element is that it takes longer than a flu shot. You think about a flu shot, you walk into your local drugstore or, and you, you know, maybe you wait a couple minutes, they give you the flu shot, you know, bing, bang, boom, you're out, right? That's not how this vaccine works for COVID. What came out in the UK after they authorized these shots was that they were seeing some people have allergic reactions. So when the authorization happened in the US, the FDA was aware of this and the CDC was aware of this. And then now people are being encouraged to be monitored for at least 15 minutes after you get a vaccination and 30 minutes if you have a history of allergic reactions. So that adds another time element, another sort of delay to administering more vaccinations. And in your conversations with hospitals, what have they said to you about this? Yeah, some are saying, you know, this is sort of the growing pains. We've been here in a way of doing vaccines and we'll get through it. But there's a lot of confusion out there. Health systems these days are very complex. You know, hospital companies have hospitals in different states. So they're also then managing delivery in different parts of the country, different regions with different rules. You know, I talked to one hospital official who says, well, you could be administering a vaccine one way and have certain rules in Philadelphia and across the river in New Jersey, it could be an entirely different set of situation that you have to adapt to. While many hospitals are administering vaccines themselves, there's a different plan for long-term care facilities. Operation Warp Speed had set up something with some pharmacy chains where they would be transporting, delivering vaccines, and ultimately administering the vaccines at the long-term care facilities to nursing home residents. But the pharmacies couldn't start right away. Here's how it works. In any given state, CVS Walgreens or one of a few other pharmacies can only start inoculations once that state has finalized the majority of its vaccination plan. So, for example, if you take, like, the state of Ohio, when the state of Ohio knows where at least half of its doses for long-term care facilities are going to go, then they can say, okay, we're ready to go. Here's where CVS and Walgreens, where you can start sending them. And then they start scheduling those visits. This seems really complicated. The state has to have a plan for half of its long-term care facilities before CVS will get to work. Correct. Yes. And the idea behind this was that these pharmacy chains already do something similar with other vaccines at nursing homes, like flu vaccine. There are about three million people living in long-term care. By the end of 2020, less than 170,000 doses were administered at those facilities. It's not necessarily a state's fault. It's not necessarily CVS or Walgreens doing something incorrectly. It's that there's, you know, like this whole process, you need multiple different parties to sort of each complete different steps. 
But one state that took a different approach has seen much more success. We've got one state that's completely finished their vaccinations on the first dose for long-term care facilities. And our winner is West Virginia. Way to go, West Virginia. (laughs) They've got uh, about 200 uh, long-term care facilities, and they delivered all the first doses. What they attribute this sort of quick pace to generally is that they worked with local regional pharmacies, about 50 of them, and paired one each up with each long-term care facility. And uh, that was one way that they thought that they were able to go really quickly. But many states haven't had the same success as West Virginia, in part because the logistical lift of distributing millions of doses around the country has been so complex. Generally, you know, the biggest sort of hiccup we've seen is states and counties not knowing really how many doses they might be getting, juggling different delivery days and different delivery times for vaccine doses, and sort of a broad sort of communication aspect of it that might be getting sort of lost. What do you mean by communication aspect? If you talk to states and counties, many of them would have liked a little bit more concrete guidance on maybe what they should have been preparing for. Should they be going out and buying freezers? Should they have been getting any sort of materials? Sometimes there was just a little bit of a disconnect from one part of government to the other. That's why you see some states were more prepared than others. So does that mean that the federal government's goal of vaccinating 20 million people, that that goal was unrealistic? It may have been. You know, the federal government has been pretty open that they didn't meet the mark. We agree that there is a lag. Monsef Slaoui, who is the chief advisor to Operation Warp Speed, you know, said at the end of the, the year, the number of vaccinated people is not what they were hoping for. And they wish it were higher, and they are hoping it increases. The holiday period is behind us. I am optimistic this number are going to go up. So what does this sort of almost like initial phase, this trial phase, say about rolling the vaccine out to the entire population? Well, it's providing a sort of a preview potentially of how things might look, you know, in a number of weeks when the general population gets the vaccines. At the same time, we might be through some growing pains right now that may or may not repeat themselves in a few weeks. Coming up, where the vaccine rollout goes from here. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. 
Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. As hospitals and long-term care facilities continue their vaccination efforts, state officials are looking ahead to the next phase of the rollout. The next phase is supposed to include, according to the CDC, essential workers such as first responders or teachers or grocery clerks, people who really interact with the public on a day-to-day basis, as well as older Americans, generally people who are maybe 65 older or 75 or older. The question is whether or not these bumps in the road or these delays we saw early on will translate into the second phase. We're going to see new players giving vaccines, like your local doctor's office. But that also means educating and bringing on new vaccination sites, people who aren't familiar with these new vaccines, people who need to understand how they're handled. I mean, in a way, you're sort of, you know, just as you figure out how to play this sport indoors, you're going to go play the sport outdoors and you might play with a whole new team. The thing is, is that a lot of people think that vaccines will just magically, you know, work out. But there is this huge infrastructure and public health community that is executing it. So what lessons can be learned from these early problems in the vaccine rollout? The biggest lesson that hospitals and health officials are telling me is that they're learning really the nuances of how to administer the vaccine and handle it. You know, part of the reason why there is concern for whether or not enough people will be vaccinated quickly enough is because the delays or the slowness that we saw in the initial rollout at the end of 2020 is multifaceted and none of them are really easy fixes and some of them might persist. We've already been at this now for a few weeks. There's been experience gained And more supply of the vaccine will be coming. More vaccination sites will be coming online. But I think what everyone's really encountering is just a really sort of complicated, nuanced vaccination campaign that's not only involving almost every aspect of the healthcare system itself, from drug makers to wholesalers to hospitals and the people who work in them, but really multiple levels of the government And then you're asking the public to sort of just cooperate and trust us. So it's not easy. That's all for today, Tuesday, January 5th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.